Welcome back, Matrix members. During this journey, we have discussed how finding your unique way to serve the world is the best way to build a successful career. Most of us have a burning desire to start taking action. The number one question is, how can we find our purpose and then take steps to live a purpose-driven life? Today, our guest, John Mendez, will teach us four crucial steps to leading a purpose-driven life. Serial entrepreneur, realtor, podcast host, and social media expert, John Mendez is deeply passionate about helping other like-minded individuals achieve a life of abundance through the power of the mind and social media. John Mendez empowers others to obtain financial freedom and build the lives they've always dreamed of living. Follow our show and bookmark our podcast so you don't miss out on our fantastic Matrix mentors. John Mendez, welcome to the Organic Matrix. Hey, I'm super excited to be here. I was looking forward to this conversation today. First one of the day, so uh, you got me at top energy, so I'm excited to drop some nuggets. Awesome. What what experience have you had in leading a purpose-driven life? Yeah, so like for me, the reason I came to that topic, the reason why that message resonates so much for me is because as someone who's creative and as an entrepreneur, usually someone who tends to lean more on the creative side, so I just so happen to be both, and so like... Even before I was ever into entrepreneurship, I always had shiny object syndrome. There's always so many different things I want to do and so many different things I want to try. And then once I got into entrepreneurship, I was, as I said, so the bio, I had someone on Fiverr write it for me. So it looks, it sounds really nice. But in all reality, nothing was really going my way. The podcast was, my numbers were going down. For the social media stuff, I was teaching classes. I taught over 600 realtors on social media. So I was like, you know what, let me turn this into actual business and offer some content creation services. And then after my first client, I realized that I'm already creating content for myself. I don't want to do this for other people. So I had to scrap up that idea. And then my real estate leads, I was having real estate leads fall through the cracks. I wasn't following up with people that I should have been. And so everything was going down and I still worked at a restaurant part time. So for me, I was trying to do all these different things at the same time. And it's one of those things where the opportunity phone was ringing, but there were like several phones ringing at the same time. And it took me a lot of soul search, a lot of reflecting and looking within before I finally came to the realization that it's the podcast that I feel like I'm truly called to do because that's who I feel. The people that I serve in the podcast is who I truly feel that I'm called to serve. So as I said, it took me a lot of thinking. And ever since I started doubling down and focusing up, things started to go my way. But while I was trying to do everything and trying to build Rome and a Great Wall of China and Leaning Tower of Pisa all at the same time, there was nothing, no progress really being made. And once I just focused on Rome, I started actually building some stuff up. And now I'm just just doubling down and staying focused. Well, I love that. that that's so many. Uh, that's such great advice. I can totally relate to having the shiny object syndrome and then having multiple po- like projects because uh, it's as a entrepreneur and a creative in this new world of social media there is so much opportunity how how are you able to hone in and find the path that you wanted to choose how did you choose rome because well at the point in time where everything was crumbling so this around it started honestly before things started crumbling around september of last year i read this book called the purpose factor which i highly recommend anyone reads i think your audience would love it and I read that book and it gives a lot of unconventional advice, especially around the topic of passion, because we're always taught to follow your passion and you pursue your passion. So if you look up the dictionary definition of passion, it's a barely controllable emotion. So if you're going to follow a barely controllable emotion, it's pretty much 
you're going to end up at a dead end some point in time because you you don't know where you're going. That emotion could come and go tomorrow. That's why a lot of marriages end up leading to divorce because these relationships that we get into ourselves because we feel the passion and love. Once the passion dies out, there's no foundation that it was ever actually built on, right? So for me, once I read that book, it opened a lot of new perspectives that I never really viewed the world in. And that really helped me start thinking. And at that point, I realized hey, maybe real estate isn't what I'm supposed to be focused on, which then birthed the idea of starting up the social media marketing agency. I was already teaching classes to realtors on social media. I had a knack for it. And so I was like, let me turn that into a business. And then after that first client that I taught, uh, that I created content for, I was like, okay, this is really not what I want to do. And I was just sitting there in my bed, editing the content. I was editing the reels for him. And I was just like, yeah, I I don't want to do this. This This is not me. And despite that, Throughout the entire time, I was still dropping weekly episodes. And the beauty of procrastination is that it gives you an opportunity to reflect. And a lot of people procrastinate when things get hard. A lot of people procrastinate when they're scared. A lot of people procrastinate when they know what they need to do, but aren't unsure of how the outcome will be. So it's better not, you know, try it at all than try and risk failing. But for me, I was procrastinating because I wasn't in alignment with what I thought I wanted. And I thought I wanted to be a top realtor. I thought I wanted to be a social media marketing agency owner. And what I really wanted to do is use my voice to help other people learn about, you know, financial literacy and that abundance mindset. Because that's that's not what I had growing up. I grew up in projects. We had nine people in a two bedroom. Dad was absent. Mother had mental health issues, which is extremely hard to understand as a kid. So like me and my mom never connected growing up because it's like as a kid, it's like you never understand why, you know. You can't. It's hard to understand why someone does what they're doing when they're going through mental health issues, and as a, as a kid, so it's like growing up, money was always tight. We had Section Eight, and so for me, during that time period when I was still dropping weekly podcast episodes, I was like, my podcast numbers are actually dropping at that time. And I was like, man, at least I'm showing up. I'm doing the work. I wasn't showing up for real estate really, and I wasn't showing up for the social media stuff. But at least I was showing up for the podcast, although my numbers were going down. And then from there, I was like, well. I'm trying to expect, and someone told this to me, I was trying to expect full-time results from part-time effort. And so what I did was like, well, I started questioning, what would it look like if I just doubled down, if I stopped focusing on everything else and give the podcast the time, attention, and effort it really needed. And once I made that shift, doors started opening up left and right, and I just kind of been running with it since. I love that. so inspiring. And thank you for sharing that your experience with how you came up and i think that's like such a you have you dropped so many golden nuggets like you dropped the mic when you said passion is a uncontrollable emotion and to like have that be our leader could be a mistake in like your analogy with marriages today like that that blew my mind <laughs> i'm oh, sorry i gotta say the other analogy i love to use is when i either use the marriage one or the building a house on the sand. And if you build a house on the sand, yeah, you're still on the beach. But as soon as high tide comes, the house is over, right? The house is coming crumbling down. So it's good for while it lasts, but you don't know when the time was up. So you follow that passion long enough and it's inevitable that you'll end up at a crossroad or at a dead end. And then you'll just be kind of stuck because everything that you built on just kind of just disappeared on you. And people like to add their own sway of things whether it's how they dress, whether it's how they present themselves, whether it's how they speak. One thing that people tend to do is put their own swing on their words 
And when you actually look at the dictionary definition of some of these words that we're using, we're actually misusing a lot of the words. Yeah, that's very true. Like when we uh, use context clues instead of studying like the history of of these words, like, words are spells. In, in my opinion, like that's why it's called spelling, because we can influence our outcome, our mind frame. We can even like influence what kind of um, hormones get released in our mind, what kind of neurotransmitters get stimulated with our language. And um, I would say like that, that's why it's so important. Like our, the way we speak to other people is like most likely the way we think in our heads, the way we speak to ourselves. That's something that I noticed too. Yeah, and one of the things that I noticed too is that I always say that words are everything and nothing at the same time because you could say something and not mean it. But then if I were to give you my word and then you actually go back on what I thought you were going to do, now you lost all my trust, all my respect, all my everything. So we assign meaning to the words and it reminds me of this old adage of the story of this one farmer and pretty much the farmer he had a son and he had two horses and he had uh, the two horses. One day the fence broke down, the horses run away, right? People from the village come. They say, oh my goodness, that must suck. You lost your horses. And he was like, maybe. And then a couple weeks later, the two horses come back with 12 more wild horses. Now he has a herd of 14 horses. Everyone comes back from the village. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. You have a whole herd of horses now. And he was like, maybe. Then a couple of days passed while the son was taking care of some of the horses that had the new ones that came in. Uh, one of the horses got a little out of control. Son breaks his arm. People from the village come back. Oh, that must suck. You know, I bet you're hating the horses now. And he was like, maybe. And then a couple of days after that, the government came and they were drafting all the firstborn sons to go to war. And the son couldn't get drafted because he had a broken arm. People from the village come back and it was like, oh my goodness, you're so lucky. Your son didn't get drafted. I bet you feel amazing. He was like, uh, maybe. And the story pretty much goes to show that we assign meaning to everything. And when it comes to, now to tie it back to what you were saying, when it comes to words, that's why when you say I am, insert whatever you think you are, that means so much because that's how you're, you're, that's your identity, right? And so it's like, that can change. You are successful. You will most likely be successful because your brain can't tell the difference between what is real and what's not. That's why porn is such a bad addiction to a lot of young men because they can't tell what's real and what's not. That's why a lot of these different, it's like visualization is preached and practiced by so many successful entrepreneurs and successful business people, right? All these different things. It's like you start talking to enough people from different perspectives of life and they'll all tell you the same exact thing. They'll just probably have another word for it to describe it, but it's all the, the laws of how this world works are kind of uh, the ones that are stand the test of time they're they're gonna be present forever amen i agree i i think the same thing about religion like we're all using different words to talk about the same thing and i appreciate i appreciate that story that's one of my favorite stories and i don't hear it you're the first person that ever like told me that story (laughs) i i love that story so much because it's true we assign meaning to everything and i think that's what makes life great but when we are actually we're in a position to write the narrative instead of let the narrative write itself is when we start building our wealth and i love that it goes full circle to um your story that instead of trying to create a bunch of passion 
right? Like you're you're like kind of the magician in the story. Like you're choosing what you want to manifest by selecting a path. And I could I I really hope this reaches the right the right ears because you're dropping a lot of golden nuggets. <laughs> It's it's one of those things where it's passion. It's like a passion. It's it's meant to be a a signal, something that you can just like, oh, you're doing it. You're passionate about it. You may be able to head that direction, right? That's what passion is good for. It tells you which way you kind of should be heading. So, example, if you like playing basketball, you feel passionate about that. Well, you might have a better time pursuing that, right? But the concept of icky guy is something that kind of brings it full circle. Hey there, health and wellness enthusiasts. Are you tired of sifting through countless supplement brands at their bold claims only to be disappointed by the quality or results? Your search ends here with Bulk Supplements. At BulkSupplements.com, they're dedicated to providing you with the finest, most reliable nutritional supplements without the fluff or gimmicks. Their products are thoroughly tested and come in their purest form so that you can trust that you are getting the best. With over 500 supplements available in bulk, including vitamins, minerals, herbs, mushrooms, amino acids, proteins, you'll find exactly what you need to support your fitness journey, boost your immune system, or enhance your overall well-being. Why should you choose BulkSupplements.com? Purity. They prioritize the highest quality ingredients without unnecessary additives. Affordability. Our, their bulk options make you get more value for your money. Convenience. Shop easily online and enjoy hassle-free shipping right to your doorstep. And variety. Explore their extensive selection to find the perfect supplements for your unique needs. Transform your health and wellness routine with the power of BulkSupplements.com. Visit their website and use the promo code ORGANICMATRIX for a discount off your future purchases. Experience the difference that pure, high-quality supplements can make in your life. Remember, it's not about the supplements. It's about investing in a better you. And it's something that I learned around that time, around that November-ish of last year, December-ish, before I really started doubling down on the podcast. This is one of the concepts that really made me start reflecting. And it's pretty much at the intersection of four circles. And it's like what you love to do, that could kind of be considered your passion, right? What would you do for the rest of your life if no one ever paid you? Right? Just write down a list for that. And then the next circle from there is what does the world need, right? Which problems in this world do you feel compelled to solve? And then after you write down that list, what can you be rewarded for? A lot of times we feel fulfilled when we're helping other people, when you're doing volunteer work, when you're giving back to charities, when you're giving donations. But we also know that we have to make ends meet. We have to put food on the table. We have to keep the lights on. And then so the final circle is what are you good at or what do you have the aptitude to be good at? So if you're just following your passion, you're still missing out three other circles. So you got to incorporate all four to kind of get that reason for being that icky guy. And then from there, kind of orient your life around that thing that you came across. I love that. I'm going to have to do more research on guy because it sounds like a better system than our education system. Like, imagine, <laughs> well, imagine, it's not too hard to top our education system. It's not The bar isn't really high there. Yeah, I can only imagine how kids would be if they were taught that way in school. Like in, instead of like songs and like different art projects, like having an art project or Ikigai, like them finding their passion. That'd be so cool. But even though it's a little off topic. I would love to know what advice you can give those 
starting their journey towards a purpose-driven life? Yeah, so the first step is always your mindset. And I think it goes to two parts, right? The first part of that is the reflection portion. The second part of it is the transformation portion. So the first part with the reflection, that's just really figuring out who you are. For me, it kind of started when I was back in high school and my girlfriend now, well, my now girlfriend, but at the time was just my best friend. She told me about attachment styles and started introduce me to some psychology stuff on YouTube. And I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. And around that time, I started diving deeper into it and exploring myself and starting to figure out why do I interact with people the way I do? What led me, what transpired in my life that led to me becoming the person that I was at that point in time? And I started really reflecting and started learning more about, as I said, different attachment styles. I started learning about different personality types. Like people always talk about alpha males and beta males and things like that. I didn't know this until I started reflect, like doing research, but there's actually six personality types. It's alpha, beta, delta, sigma, theta, and gamma are the six types. And so most people only talk about alpha and beta. So it's like when you start researching personality styles and things like that, and you start reflecting on, because once you know the information, then you can recognize patterns. And people are extremely good at pattern recognition. That's one thing that humans are amazing at and so like once i learned about this stuff i became aware of it i started just pattern recognizing it's like hey that's very this to me and i started calling out all the stuff that i was doing and so once i got through there i had an opportunity where i was about to go away to college and for me college that, that i was going to most people that i was growing up with in high school weren't going to so i had an opportunity to become turn over a fresh leaf essentially and I was like, I have all this information now about personality styles. I was spending a lot of time reflecting and learning about myself. And I was like, which beliefs, which identity do I want to bring into college? Not saying I was going to go in two-faced or going as a, you know, this brand new job, but it's like, there's certain thoughts and some li limiting beliefs that are holding you back. And if they are no longer serving you and they don't serve the person that you are trying to become, then you have to drop a lot of these things. And I had a lot of tucked in like little protection coping mechanisms. Like for example, I, I was always very, very cold, cold hearted. I would never put my any skin in the game because I was always prepared if someone were trying to leave me or someone were, and that stemmed from my childhood from being isolated. So it's like being able, I was like that thought that I created in childhood out of protection was really out of fear because I was scared to get hurt. I was scared to lose people. So I was like, okay, if I never put any skin in the game, then it doesn't really hurt me if someone leaves, right? And so different things like that and just calling out the stuff in your life that doesn't serve you no longer and then deciding like, hey, before I, as I begin this transformation process, which is part two, what do I need to burn off like the phoenix so that I can raise from the ashes and turn to something beautiful, right? Amen. Um, I, want, I want to ask you a question um, I know that a lot of people probably heard your story and like probably identify with it 100% because we all have experience with creating defense mechanism and these like limiting beliefs in attempts to protect ourselves from getting hurt again. What, what made you want to address those things head on? I know a lot of my friends, they, they'll identify these behaviors mm -hmm. that stem out of fear, but they don't understand why they should work on it. They just think, oh, this is me. Why should yeah. we push, why should we that, push past that? That that is an amazing question. I hate hearing it. It's so cringy when I hear, "Oh, that's just I am." 
No, that's just how you choose to be. We have a choice in everything. Even if you have a gun pointed to your head, the choice is die or maybe die. But it's still a choice nevertheless, right? It's, it's, we have a choice. And the moment we revoke that choice, the moment we let go of that choice is the moment we lose all power and control of our life. That is the moment we become someone else's slave. As, that's the moment we give up the pen to author our lives to someone else to have them write it for us. The moment we give up our choice, that's the moment we lose everything in this world. And so for me, it started, I think it stemmed from, I was always very wise for my age. A school came very easy to me. I was very book smart, but I don't think my wisdom started really kicking in. And it stemmed from my childhood, as I said, not having a, a set role model to look after. I had a very open mind and I was just looking at all the best traits from people and then trying to implement some of those. And then I would take all the bad traits and leave them out. So I kind of became like this melting pot of different perspectives and from different peoples of all, of all over. And that kind of started to cultivate as I grew up. And it started to really showcase its its the fruits of my labor. I started to showcase a little bit in middle school. Uh, there's this thing called like Socratic seminars or philosophical chairs, that's what you call it. And we would have a debate and it would be like, what's the best snack, pizza or ice cream or something, right? Something silly. And I would occasionally go on the side that had less people, even if I disagreed with, just so I could put myself in other shoes and get that new, that different perspective. And then as I went into high school, that really started to manifest. And it's like, I just became curious about what makes people think like, or tick, like what makes people think and act the way that they do. And then once my best friend, now girlfriend, uh, told me about the attachment styles, I started looking internally. And that's, I still had that same curiosity. And then, as I said, I, I started learning about that stuff and where it stemmed from. And for me, I was, so my personality style at that time was, attachment style at the time was a avoidant dismissive. So I was like, well, there's pretty much four. It's like secure, avoidant dismissive. There's like anxious, ambivalent. And there's like another one that I forget. It's been a while since I really looked into this stuff. And so... I want to be more secure. I want to experience life. I don't want to be playing with just my toe in the water. I want to dive in the pool. I want to dive off a deep end. And you can't fully experience life and fully be in the moment if you're so reserved. So like that was my reasoning for trying to dive deeper into why I was the person that I was. And then from there, as I said, with that new opportunity going away, I was like, do I still want to be that person to all these people that have never met me before, don't have any prior knowledge on anything about my life since like do i still want to be known as that person that just cuts people off for no reason and just cuts people off for little things and honestly i didn't because that person no longer was serving me at that time and now that i started learning about myself and reflecting and doing some work internally i was just like you know let me just start bettering me and it's more so to develop emotionally as well i was very book smart i was very very wise. I had so many different intelligences. I was athletic. I played a different forms, but emotionally, I was so immature because I just res just bottled up my emotions entirely. I didn't let them develop at all. And I was like, I'm gonna, gonna I want to be a more well-rounded human being. And so that was kind of my reasoning. And so maybe someone that is trying to figure out, oh, that's just the way I am, and doesn't want to work on themselves, but should work on themselves. And I don't want to say should because it comes off kind of judgmental. But I think a human that stops is essentially dead, right? Even if you're still breathing. 
I think we're built as creatures to continue in pursuit and growth. And so the moment you stop moving, the moment you stop complacent and you become complacent, essentially you're, you're dead essentially. So it's like just being in continual pursuit of just better and not like of materialistic things, but just to grow as a human being and to develop further and cultivate your skills and just become better because we have infinite potential. And we also, you know, write our lives the way we want them to when we choose to do so. But we also build all the ceilings that we have in front of us. There's no ceilings when you're a kid. We build our own ceilings, whether it's through indoctrination and someone tells us to do it without us realizing it, or whether it's through limiting beliefs. But it's like, when we realize that we are the ones that are building all the ceilings that we're trying to break through, and there actually is no ceilings, it makes life a lot easier. And then you can, the opportunities are boundless. Hey there, coffee lovers. Did you know that your daily cup of joe might be tainted with oils and chemicals? If you follow me on social media, you are well aware that I'm all about checking labels and it's time we say goodbye to these harmful additives in 2023. Shockingly, many of Americans' beloved coffee creamers contain ingredients that you'll never knowingly mix into your coffee, such as canola oil, dispotassium phosphate, and artificial flavors. But don't worry, we've got your back at Liard Superfood Creamers. These creamers are made from top-notch, all-natural, real food ingredients, giving you nothing but the best in every sip. Here, an inspiring tale. Liard began tinkering with his morning coffee routine almost 20 years ago. He discovered that adding healthy, adding healthy fats like coconut oil to his coffee not only enhanced the taste, but also provided him with incredible energy that lasted throughout the day. Eventually, he crafted the ultimate fuel pack coffee and started sharing his secrets with his surf buddies. So why not make the switch to Liard Superfood Creamers today? Elevate your morning ritual, fuel your day with clean energy, and never worry about hidden and harmful ingredients again. Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to liardsuperfoods.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code ORGANICMATRIX at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. Amen. Thank you so much. I, I think that answer is super helpful. And, you know, if, if, you don't, if we don't commit, we don't get the whole reward. And I appreciate you sharing your experience with our, with our Matrix members. And I could personally relate because I was I'm anxious avoidant myself. And like mm-hmm. the reason why I wanted to change is because I realized that like how am I gonna have long lasting friendships and relationships if every time I feel an emotion, I run away. Like I would feel strong feeling and then mm-hmm. be like, Oh my god, why do I feel so strong? Like I'll get scared of my own feelings. And then I realized that like that translated in the physical realm is like me being afraid of my own shadow. Like what makes being human so amazing? Well, the, the spectrum of emotions that we feel. And then, you know, I recently learned the power of like actually feeling through your feelings and not trying to avoid them. And that does make life more colorful. So I would say like, yeah, why do we want to uh, put some skin in the game? Because it adds more spectrum to life. It. Mm-hmm. 
like trying to work through ancients avoided even though it's obviously like not a fun process right <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's never a fun process because once you there, there's two types of people right there's the people who are are ignorant and that just means that they just don't know right they don't have that they're not aware and then there's people who are willfully blind so that once you become aware of the information and the patterns you could choose not to see it and not to look at it that doesn't mean that it's not it's gonna go away it's still there you're just not looking at it intentionally so it's like once i started learning more about that stuff it was like well now i started recognizing recognizing the patterns that i was doing i was like damn i'm i'm, I'm still doing this I, I know it now but i'm still doing it so it's like, it's like before you don't know what you don't know but then once you actually start learning about this stuff now you got to call yourself out constantly because it's like i'm doing it again and then it's like a, another process so it, it becomes even harder but if you can persevere through that you can become so much more whole like life starts to gain more color when you're not when you when you put some skin in the game and it, i personally feel that better to risk being hurt and losing everything than to play life in the middle because i i think personally i rather I, i'm okay with taking full responsibility that for everything that happens whether I become a the world's greatest success, which I'm aspiring to be, or whether I become the world's biggest failure, right? Whatever ends up happening. But I'd rather do that and have full responsibility than play life in the middle. I'm, I'm tired of playing life in the middle. I'm tired of playing black and white. I say, I want to put play with, with some color on now. I want to play with, you know, with the full spectrum, with the full, what life fully has to offer. That was so beautiful. That's inspiring. It really is. It really pays off at the end of the day. What impact has a purpose-driven life had on your on your success as a podcaster now that you've chosen your path? Yeah, so for a little bit of a timeline, right? As I said earlier, around November, December is when I found out about the Ikigai concept and I've really started doing some more internal work and thinking about like, hey, what do I need to do? There were several times throughout last year I would just look at myself and like, yo, what am I doing? And Because everything wasn't going how I originally planned. And so once I started doubling down and really started becoming more purposeful and intentional with what I had, uh, January, December ended up my being my best month uh, of 2022. I said August was my previous best month. And then September, October, November, went down month after month, each month. And so then December was like almost double of what August, I think it was actually over double what August was. And then January, I spoke at PodFest Expo in Orlando. I became top 5% globally this past couple, a couple of days ago. Wednesday, I was, no, yeah, Wednesday was yesterday from the time of recording. So just yesterday, literally, the 10X Stage Agency, Grant Cardone's company, they had a national speak-off. There was over 27,000 speakers and that applied originally, and it got narrowed down to four. And I was one of the virtual judges for that speak-off. Uh, I landed, a, I'm landing a lot of bigger guests. One of the guests that I have scheduled for April has like over like 1.4 million followers. So it's like once I started becoming more purposeful, doors started opening up in ways that I never seen before. And my podcast has been growing month after month and we're just headed in the right direction. I got a virtual summit coming. I got so many things along the way. The hundredth episode is going to be in May. So once I started doubling up and getting focused and being more purposeful in my life, all my blessings kind of got funneled into what I was doing before because my bandwidth was spread so thin. I get a little blessing here and there, but the blessing was so tiny because my bandwidth was so small. But then once I really doubled down, it's like all the blessings that were originally getting spread out 
are now all funneling into this one thing and it's just starting to multiply and amplify. Oh, that's beautiful. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. What techniques do you use to stay motivated and focus on your purpose? A, a North Star. Yeah, you need to have a North Star. And that could be a question. I love having a question because let's say my one thing this year is growing my podcast, right? So I would just ask myself, is this grow, going to grow the show? That is my orienting question because that's my main focus right now is growing the show. And so whenever I'm doing something, just is this going to grow my show? And whatever endeavor it may be, let's say you have a coaching company. Is this going to help my clients? Is this going to help my clients? Right. Or maybe you're in scaling mode. Is this going to help me get more clients? Is it, let's say you're in real estate. Is, is this going to help me sell this house or get another listing or get another buyer? If you're in selling food, is this going to get me in front of more customers? Is this going to bring back more loyal customers to the restaurant? Right. And just having a North Star or orienting question that you can always ask yourself and come back to whenever you're doing. And the more purposeful you, you get with your life, the simpler life gets, not because it gets easy, but because your filtering process of what you have to use to get a, an answer to questions becomes so much more clear. So before it was like, I had four different filtering factors going on because it's like, is this going to grow my real estate business or the social media stuff or the podcast and all these things? And it's like, I had all these different filtering problems, but now there's just one filter. Is this going to grow the show? When an opportunity presents itself, like I had a friend who was in life insurance and I'm what someone would call a natural board salesman. And I didn't know that until later on, but I'm someone that's charismatic. I can talk very well. I can talk a lot. I'm very energetic. I've, you know, I could smile at someone and really maintain a good conversation. So I have the skills for sales. So I could be good at skills. That's why I was in real estate. But when someone presented me the opportunity for life insurance, that's just sales again, right? But it's selling some, another product. But I know deep down, if I were to get in that, of course, I may find success because I have some natural skills and natural aptitude to be good at that, right? To refer back to the Iggy guy thing I mentioned earlier. But it doesn't make me feel fulfilled. It's not something that I would love to do. It's not something I would do for the rest of the life of my life if someone paid me. So for me, it's just really having that orienting question. And the more purposeful and intentional you become, the better your filtering system becomes so that when an opportunity presents yourself, it's a lot easier to say yes or no. And you don't have to spend time reflecting or thinking or being confused. You just know the answer. Is this going to grow the show? Yes. Okay, let's do it. If no. Okay. Next one. Do you have kids, little cousins, nieces and nephews? If so, I bet you're tired of the pain from stepping on Legos. And I bet you're fed up with the subpar cardboard jigsaw puzzles. We have a fantastic solution for you today. Juan Go Puzzles. These puzzles aren't just like any other ordinary jigsaw puzzle. They're an exceptional work of art, meticulously crafted from genuine wood breathtaking designs and distinct shapes. Wanguo puzzles promise not only a delightful but stimulating experience, it'll keep you hooked. And the best part? All the pieces are guaranteed to be included, so you'll never have to worry about an incomplete puzzle again. Indulge your puzzle passion with Wanguo puzzles, a true treat for your intellect and creativity. Say goodbye to flimsy cardboard, and hello to premium wooden jigsaw puzzles. They're 100% wooden and they'll last forever. Each piece is hand drawn, so no two pieces are the same. 
and you'll discover some fun, whimsical pieces as you work through it. They come in custom wooden box, which is a perfect gift for storage. With stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are cut above the rest. I love doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was a great to pull out a puzzle and have it done at night and have it on the table and not have it on the table for a week. What are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code ORGANICMATRIX to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you'll have with the puzzle, I guarantee. Or get your money back. Go to wongopuzzles.com and use the code ORGANICMATRIX to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. I love that. That's a that's a great scale to like weigh to see if you're if you're if you're spending time on something that's gonna excel your growth. And I love that you mentioned that. I have a friend of mine that recently, you know, called me uh, on a re on a on a similar topic, like that they felt like they weren't using their time the best way. And asking that one question could really save us and it, like excel our success. So thank you so much. That's great advice. What kind of advice can you give those who are struggling to even find their purpose and they're not sure where to start? I would start definitely with the Ikigai concept, but for anyone that needs another perspective or another way to look at it, usually the person we're meant to become is the kid that we had tucked away. And as I said, that's why the first step of the mindset portion is always reflection. Who were we before all the indoctrination, before all the trauma, before adulthood, before bills? before maybe we have a kid, before our significant other or partner or girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever it may be. Like, who were we when we were just that little kid that was innocent to this world, didn't know anything about how this world actually was? Like, who was that person? Who was that John? And just reflecting back and trying to find who that was, that's usually who you're meant to be. Right? The only thing I feel that's different between a kid and an entrepreneur is that an entrepreneur knows how to run a business. And that is it. They're both extremely creative normally. They both usually... Are like visionaries they have wild dreams they don't know what a ceiling is they're always thinking and learning and growing and then as i said as we start to grow up whether it's through schooling whether it's through maybe a tough childhood or maybe it's through a bad environment that you're in all these different factors play a, a role at us and and schooling has a big play on that because schooling that works on more your logical brain and rewards that and kind of it kind of disincentivizes you to use your creative side of your brain so it's like once you tap back into that that child, it makes it a lot easier to remember who you really were and what you're meant to be doing. So if the icky guy, the, that voice, that process doesn't work, as I said, just do some reflecting and try to think about who was the, the little version of you before life took over and started rewriting everything. What are the four steps to leading a purpose-driven life? Yeah, so I... I kind of got ahead of myself and I kind of told you guys earlier, but the first step really to leading a purpose-driven life is, as I said, probably using that passion to find what you love to do. Start reflecting, start listing out all the things you genuinely enjoy doing. Like things that when you do these things, time is no longer a factor. You don't remember how time, how fast time flew. You just time becomes a thing that doesn't exist when you're in that space that zone of genius that you're in that one of the things that i always love was during football games those although the football game it's 15 minute quarters so it's about an hour the game with all the timeouts and everything probably took like maybe 
two and a half hours. But like during that time period that it was game time, I don't remember a thing. Like you would ask me, hey, John, what happened in the first quarter? So I don't remember what happened. I was in the present. Things that you could just be in the moment in and just be fully present in. Those are some things that usually have a start. Like for me, I spoke at PodFest in Orlando back last month. And that was the first time I had like an actual like real speaking gig. And from the moment the mic was handed to me to the moment I gave the mic back, my mind was blank. I don't remember a single thing. If I hadn't recorded a video and you told me I spoke that day, I would have been like, I did that. Like, that's how much my mind blinked because I was so present in that moment. So that would be a start, right? The step two would then be, what do you feel compelled to solve? And sometimes it's usually the thing that annoy you the most. So if someone's not doing the dishes, it's like, well, maybe start there, right? And like there, when you, something annoys you, there's usually a reason behind it. So some of the times if we can't find the things that compel us, that things that we want to solve off the top of our head, just start being aware and cognizant of all the things that annoy you. Because usually something there, like let's say the lines at McDonald's are super long and you don't want any more lines at restaurants. Well, someone came up with this kiosk thing that you can just tap on the screen and order. Now no one has to really wait in lines anymore. Someone was probably annoyed of waiting in lines and then they built the solution to that, right? So that's another way to go about doing it. Then what can you be rewarded for? There's a saying that, right, money is just a token of appreciation. So the more money you have, the more tokens you pretty much have. And so it's like, what do people need? And there's a quote. It's like, you solve rich people problems, you can charge rich people prices. And so it's like first figuring out who you feel are called to help. And then from there, charging what you're worth because you're worth something. Your time, your your skills, your expertise is not is not worth free. Of course, you may leverage that to get something else because money is just a bartering tool. So don't get too fixated on the money, right? It may be uh, you teach or you help someone for free, but then they connect you with so-and-so that could coach you for free for six months. So it's like money is just a bartering tool, but it's not the only bartering tool. So figure out what you can be rewarded for and which kind of rewards will best help you to get started. Sometime it may be bartering services. Let's say you have a social media advertising company and let's say you have a, a media and press and PR company, right? It's like, hey, I'll run your Facebook ads if you can get me in a magazine or article. And vice versa. You guys aren't exchanging money. You guys are exchanging services. So what can you be rewarded for? It would be the step three. And then the fourth step is what are the skills that you haven't cultivated yet that could be of service to the world? And there's a saying that the fish is always the last one to realize it's in the water. And a lot of the times the skills that other people find value, you probably that those skills probably come second nature to you. So you don't value those skills the same way other people do. For example, me in social media, I'm 21. So I kind of grew up with this stuff. And the way I taught my first class ever, I was in this real estate mastermind. And I was normally in the calls from 630 to 7 a.m. in the morning. And I'm usually at the gym at that time. So instead of participating in the calls on Clubhouse, I just typed up what I wanted to say and put it in the Facebook group. And then the moderator and host of that mastermind was like, Hey, John, do you mind teaching a class on this? And I was like, I never taught a class before. And she was like, John, let us know when you want it scheduled. And so that first class ended up having over 440 agents from across the country and Canada signed up for it. And it's something that I grew up with social media. I wasn't using social media marketing. I didn't take a marketing course. I didn't 
take a social media mastery, ma- you know, course or anything like that. I just knew how to use it from growing up with it. But to people who are a lot older than me in their 60s and you know, the late 50s, they didn't grow up with it at all, at all. So it's like for me, I was just two steps ahead of those people. But they valued that skill. And because I grew up with it, I didn't think it was valuable. So some of the times that we have these skills that are already within us that we're just doing naturally, and it takes someone to point it out. So that would probably be the the, the first four steps that anyone could take to start leading a more purposeful uh, life. That's some solid steps. I love it. Your story is so inspiring. And, I, and well, you know, kudos to you getting so much done at 21. Like, Thank you. Respect. What inspired you to start Walk to Wealth? It started really when in the summer of, this is now summer 2021. Yeah, so I already started kind of like my entrepreneurial epiphany. I started, I was never really entrepreneurial growing up. And this is not a summer. I was on FaceTime with one of the guys and he, we and him would always talk about life and goals and things we wanted to accomplish. And one day he was like, yo, bro, I got an idea we should start a podcast. And I was like, you know what? That ain't a bad idea. Long story short, at that time, I had already dropped out of college to pursue real estate and pursue my real estate license. And he was going back to college to start his junior year. So our schedules didn't match up. So this is around my 20th birthday when I got licensed in real estate. So I ended up procrastinating because I got a little busy. I was working in close to like 70 hours at that time too. So the podcast kind of became a, a afterthought, but I knew I still wanted to start it. And after about four months-ish of procrastinating, I finally came up with the name Walk to Wealth. And the whole meaning behind the name is for the 99% of us that aren't overnight sensations, it's a long walk to wealth. And some may walk faster than others, but what good is sprinting to the finish line if you pass out when you cross it? So that's pretty much how the podcast came together. I knew I didn't want to wait to become successful, quote unquote, before I started giving back. I wanted something where I could give back in real time while I'm still on the journey, while I'm still in the beginner phases before the ship in, takes off to the to sail. That way I can inspire more people my age to say like, hey, I grew up where you grew up. I went to school with you guys. I went to school during the pandemic as well. Like I experienced everything that you guys are going through and I'm still trying to figure it out and make a way. And if you guys want to join the movement, we're still at the dock. So, you know, come, you come set sail with us and hopefully that inspired more people because I'm still within arm's reach. And that's why I started a podcast. That's why I kept going despite podcasting being like a labor of love. And it wasn't until I started doubling down that it started to finally open up doors. And now it's like, I can get this message to on a much broader scale, the more and more it continues to grow. And so now that's just lighting a fire in me to just keep it going, just put, keep putting my all into it and just keep on improving and growing. Yeah, man. That's- such a privilege to get to interview you I, I your story is so inspiring i love what you're doing like god bless it tenfold thank you thank you you're welcome where can our matrix members find you if they want to follow your journey yeah so definitely uh first of all thank you for the opportunity i enjoyed this conversation you asked a lot of good questions and uh i don't always get to talk about the the ta- attachment styles and stuff like that so most of the time it's like entrepreneurship and mindset stuff but the attachment styles and the psychology that played a big role in my journey. So I appreciate this conversation. Uh, if anyone took away anything from this conversation and found it valuable, uh, check me out at walktowealth.com. That's www.walknumber2wealth.com, walktowealth.com. That's where you can find the podcast. All my social media websites and links are on that website as well. So you go there, you can check out the show, or you can go there and check out the social media as well. And now I have three final rapid fire questions for you. 
Let's go. What is your personal mantra? The duty of the enlightened is to enlighten the unenlightened. It's beautiful. Do you believe in the power of manifestation? Of course. What is one thing you tried that you'll never do again? Oh, good question. You got me stumped. One thing I, that I would never do again is... One thing that I would never do again is allow myself to become the person I once was. And not saying that I was a bad person, but as I started to grow into this entrepreneurship phase in my life that I'm in now, that old John isn't serving the John that I'm trying to become. So just knowing that all the limiting beliefs that I had from growing up that I'm breaking down and tearing down, it's like not letting those things get in my way and continuing to surround myself around amazing people so that I can continue to grow and gain new perspective and continually improve myself. That's beautiful. Yo, thank you so much. And is there any last words that you want to say to our Matrix members before we close out? The sooner you wake up, the sooner you gain responsibility. And the beauty of that is that once you have that responsibility, you also have power. And you could choose to do with it however you want. But if you're going out there to be a light in this world and everything around you is dark, just know that there's other lights in the world as well. And if you surround yourself with enough of them, you can light up a nation, you can light up the world. Here's a small sample of what you can expect in the beginner's guide to entrepreneurship. Your easy button to start your own business right now. Stop freaking out about starting a business for all eternity. Work with John at Walk to Wealth. All feedback is welcomed and helps us serve our fellow Matrix members. To stay up to date with our Matrix mentors and what we have in store for you, bookmark our website and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. It was great to have you with us on the Organic Matrix show, and we'll see you on the following download.